Hey everybody, you're listening to the Combo Wombo Podcast. I'm Chip Monk, and with me as always, Mr. Gimpy. What up, Chip? What's up, bro? I wanted to hit it with like the rumble. You're listening to the Combo Wombo Podcast. <laughs> that was a bit much. No, no, it would have worked, and it was this opportunity squandered is what happened. Yeah. That's okay, it's though. The story of my life, dude. It's like opportunity, like trying to hold sand in your hand in the at the ocean, dude. It's never never in the it end, out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow uh, get in your shoes though, like when you you know get every home. time, right? Even if yeah. you ever have you ever been on the beach and like boots, like work boots, and then somehow even though like work boots you know are pretty high up, still still sanded there. I don't know how still it happens, a little bit. It just it's dude, everywhere kicking it up, I guess. Right? This is the anti-sand uh, podcast. Anti-sand pod, right? Right. Well, all, all the sand lovers are just like fuck this pod, and they're, they're yeah. turning it off right now. It's just us and the. Uh, I just the... wanted to talk about games. Yep. <laughs> just us and Darth Vader, dude. Yeah, of right. course, gets everywhere. Right, I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so remember what... the original. Yeah. Yeah. Star yep. Wars. Yes, sir. Uh, the real trilogy. All, all Rick wants to do is get off that damn sand planet, right? <laughs> That's right, dude. Yeah, it, it's crazy in a universe of infinite possibilities. I keep ending up at like the same four damn planets, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, like, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. just kind of you know takes place at these four places. It's how convenient! And the best part is Tatooine's supposed to be in like the outer ring. Like no one's supposed to like know about Tatooine and nothing interesting happens there but <laughs> all of them somehow yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow now a major spaceport everybody It'd be interesting and in, because they're doing an old republic movie which i think they're calling it high republic i can't remember but uh someone the someone will correct Republic. Me. and uh um, i guess it'll happen have to do with like interim planets uh, so some that we haven't seen before plus obviously it'll probably be like a coruscant focused thing but it should be I interesting mean, like uh, when they had the new movies with like the gambling scene, it looked like they didn't have very much imagination for well, like, that's high because, society. <laughs> that's because uh, that those movies were made by committee, so hopefully they learned their lesson. I doubt it, but no, you know, dude, I, that's I like, too much money, dude. Like this I like is the Star thing. Wars. <laughs> like it, when you're gambling with that much money, you just everything's committee decision. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> I don't I, like dude, it. like it, it's dumber to dig, uh, bet big on just random ideas by somebody. I suppose, but when you have a set universe, though, it's not the idea can't be that random, you know. Like, I mean, it's outer space, dude. Like we just said, it's like infinite possibilities. No, 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 outer space is, but Star Wars as a whole is its own universe, right? So they have a set a set of rules that they themselves govern. So the but planets like, are infinite uh, possibilities, but the but like the context isn't. Yeah, but like I mean, look at like what they've done with that because of it's like so open. Like they've had like bounty hunters shows. They've had like you could do anything, right? Like you could do one about like you know engineering. You could do what like, about like pod racing? You could do yeah. you can make up a new thing about like this like weird animal horse racing that they're doing on that other gambling planet, dude. <laughs> like they had gambling. Like there wasn't gambling before in Star Wars. Yeah, there was. Dude, the people were betting on the pod races and stuff. It's, it's gambling. Was there? Yeah. Well, there was like no proper casino. Yeah. I guess it. I mean, at the bar to... scene, they were gambling too when Han shot Greedo. And yes, Han uh, shot Greedo. Don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they could have a whole like chess, like space chess arc, dude. Of like a show. Chess. <laughs> yeah, it's Queen's Gambit, but the inter intergalactic edition. <laughs> yep, and it's just like those holograph chess. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. It's an infinite possibility, that. and like that's just what they've showed us. And then it's like you can open up to even more possibilities. 
of like a universe and stuff. So you need somebody to have a committee and reel it in. Do like the, I don't know. It's, I think when you are playing at that level with hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah, like you'd rather have a mediocre success than a flop. True, true. But the mediocre success will just get trashed by the fans. And, well, I yeah, guess but they're still going to the go see it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That that <clears throat> committee committee creation never really gives you anything good. I mean, I think the it's fewer and farther between, and I think you can see that with any big franchise too. Um, like like take it take the Marvel franchises, right? Yeah. Um, um, you know, Iron Man was made with Favreau, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, just kind of like trying to make it work, right? And the bigger they got, the more like Kevin Feige was always like his big, big brain plan. But now the movies have this formula where where you get these run of the mill Marvel movies that are just fine, right? They're not, yeah. they're not great. They're not even good they're fine you don't regret watching it but you're never watching it again you know this at this is point, uh, people... bland as the popcorn that you're eating while you're watching it you're like oh this is all right but like you won't remember yeah. it i <laughs> have to leave the theater <laughs> at the time this podcast is released the eternals will have been out for two days and i assume that's one of those movies <laughs> and yeah. uh, give me one second of uh pause here. time out have you seen dune though bro have I seen Dune? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was the exact same problem where they're trying to build a huge franchise. The movie was way too long. And hold I don't on, know if I should... Before, before you go, just not everybody's right. seen it who's watching, so just keep that in mind. Also, go on. Go on. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for Dune, but <laughs> once I tell you this, like you can't unnotice it if you watch it again. So I don't know. Do you want to know? Do you want the this Pandora's box of? Uh, I'll, count, I'll counterpoint it right away. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Um, this was the movie he wanted to make, and he had complete control. All right. Okay. So do you want to know though? Go ahead. So they build it like this huge bombastic like planet, and things are happening, but there's only ever like thirty people on screen at a time ever, dude. Like there's like a <laughs> a seat like where they're like, oh, we're being invaded, uh, and like. There's like the, the invading force and their force, and there's like 30 dudes on screen. <laughs> and then there's like another part where they're like, we have to get to our spaceships. And because it's like such a beautiful like CGI masterpiece, yeah. they're like running to like these spaceships and like it like zooms out and it shows like, you know, like 20, 30,000 spaceships. And then it like shows like 12 dudes like running for them. And it's like, where are all the rest of the people, dude? I don't know. If, I guess, you know, like I said, to do like studio, whatever, you know, because of all the, the world things that are happening. But Come on, man. You could have, like, CGI'd in some more people, some extras. You can just get the same 30 dudes and, like, have them do that run four or five different times with different <laughs> costumes on or something. Like, I'll have to watch it again. I, I loved it. Um, yeah, like, once you see that, once you notice okay. it, dude, you can't unnotice it. Okay. I'm like, I, I why is there only cynical ever... at most things, though? So I feel you're, you're exaggerating, but I, I no, can't no, no, confirm no. nor deny that. <laughs> it's just like, I was, like, watching it. Like, I noticed it in one scene. I was like, it's kind of weird that there's only like 12 people on this planet. And then like another scene, I'm like, huh. And then like, with the, with, it's the most noticeable when the big battles are going on. <laughs> there's only, I don't know, maybe it was like regulations or something for health concerns, but you know, <laughs> you use the CGI, use the green screens, use the, uh, whatever you got to do to make it look like there's more than a soundstage full of people in any one scene, dude. Like it's so ridiculous. Uh, and like, I did not like how that entire movie is like building up to like a grand 
uh, battle for the planet, and then it just never happens. It's like it le- ends off on a cliffhanger. But like, that's, to be that continued. was known. That was known before he. I before didn't. He... I didn't know it. Oh, uh, well, I watched that's... it. I was like, oh, fucking dude, let's just go, let's go, <laughs> Dune boys. Okay. And then okay. I was like, oh man, this is kind of whack. No, uh, it was highly, it was highly promoted that this was the first of a two parter. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> um, everybody's all already junkets were there, and uh, the and have you read the series at all? No, no, no. Okay. okay. I barely it, remember the original movie, dude. Like, I've okay. never been a big Dune person. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe you have like the general moviegoers' uh, experience to it as a person. Yeah, who, I just went in blind as a person who read uh, the first six novels, uh, which was like the original guy who wrote it. The rest were written by like his kid or like by whatever. Um, I don't count those, but uh, yeah, as a person who read the first six, I, I knew it was gonna you know where it was gonna end basically so i i was okay um it's yeah. still it still left you with the giant feeling of blue balls but but i think for me it's because i know what's happening next you know yeah <laughs> so that's and, like, probably why it, yeah it, it does a really good pacing like the movie's like two hours long but it does not feel like it yeah. It's like by the time you get to the end, you're like, what the fuck? That was it. And then you look at the time, you're like, oh my goodness, I was in a time portal. <laughs> you're like, my <laughs> God, I just aged six years. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, the low key version of Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it's wild. But like, I don't know, man. That, that movie also kind of feels a little, like you said, it's one vision, one artist uh, that they wanted like, for this whatever the studio gave him the control he straight requested to make this movie like the, he wanted to so yeah. you know what when when i love it when super fans uh get to make what they want to make you know um that being said last week i shit on the halloween kills movie and because they uh the director and the lead writer uh, danny mcbride and uh, uh david gordon green or whatever his name is uh both loved the halloween and they you know wrote their own treatment and got the rights yeah. to make this movie um, super fans, the first one turned out okay, second one's god awful. So I mean, you know, there's a there's a flip side to every coin, but uh, you know, for the most part Why did the um, second one come out so bad, do you think? Halloween Kills? Because they betrayed who Michael was and made a Friday the thirteenth movie with a Halloween title. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and Friday and even then it would have been one of the worst Friday the thirteenth movies if it was truly one. So Would it have been better for them to just do that movie but with like an original character sure sure do you think it would have done as well no it would have just been a forgettable horror movie which is what it is but with the mystique and the namesake of halloween it'll be remembered for all time Um, it's the worst halloween movie yeah (laughs) i'd rather watch the director like six the theatrical cut than watch uh halloween kills again (laughs) uh but yeah that's fair Yeah. yeah man i don't know i think it's just all part of like branding and marketing at this point, right? Where they yep. just, uh, it's designed by committee and like they won't let through a lot of original ideas. But I think we're coming to the other side of it. I think in the next like two or three years, like this has always been my thought on it, where eventually uh, big studios milk out their IP to the point where like they can't like turn a profit. Yeah. And then they go back to the indie uh, yep. scene and then start placing multiple small bets instead of these big giant all-in bets so what you're what you're saying is very true and um since i'm a big horror guy i'll, I'll do a little thing here uh 
The 80s was the time of the slasher movie, right? Just kicked off in 79 or 78 uh, by the original Halloween. And then from that period till about 1990, you had just a swath of a zillion slasher movies, most forgettable, some great. It was it was the greatest time to be a horror fan because you had something new every like every month, and then October yeah. was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, it used and, to only be October. They'd only yeah. put out scary movies in October. Uh, so the Friday the 13th movies uh, at the beginning, they would try and pick a Friday the 13th. So sometimes you get into like June, you know, June, Friday the 13th. Nice. So, you know, it, it, it worked. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you had that and, and you had this, it's a huge boon in creativity. And the best part about horror movies is they're, they're typically indie by default because they're so cheap to make that, yeah. you know, if you want to make a movie, your first movie is probably, if it's not like some sort of like like emotional drama it's going to be a horror movie you know it's yeah. it's just it's just the cost the cost realization factor um so so this is a lot of people's first first stints at it and it built it's straight built studios like uh new line cinema is considered the house that freddie built because they bankrupted the entire company just getting nightmare on elm street made and it did gangbusters and you know gave growth to what new line you know is slash was today so you know you get that yeah but uh it's iconic it's yeah, and then it's weird that like uh, Universal tried to like spin off like the Universal Monsters, Monsters universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. So, so you uh, have the '80s, right? Then you have the '90s, uh, where slashers were not in vogue anymore because you, everyone pretty much has seen everything. Um, so you this really, is where you get like scary movie starting to parody a lot of the common you get, tropes. You get parodies, and you, but you get like one of the best horror franchises ever, and Scream. Uh, which was a yep. pair, which was you know a satire of horror movies, um, done extra- incredibly well. So you get that. Uh, then into the two thousands, you get the um, J horror remakes in America, and the Ring, the, so the Ring, the Grudge, uh, you know, the a lot eye, of those things like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, then you, then people were sick of that. Then they wanted something new. So then you get the torture porn era of your saws, your hostels, you know, uh, things like that. It was that. kind of kicked off by found footage, like the Blair well, Witch Project. Footage, that's that's one that I missed that because that was right it, after it, the it was 90s. like so it was yeah, it was like right in between there. Out. It was like the found footage started kicking off like a uh, smaller there where everyone was like oh we could just do this type of thing yeah. again where like it, it really uh, started kicking off like that bigger true, uh, to- true. torture porn uh, <laughs> <laughs> true it came yeah so then after that you get this resurgence because slashers are slowly are like in the 2010s more slasher movies came out in the indie space but then also anthology movies are kind of were kind of happening as well. You get the VHS series is probably the most famous for it. Uh, Creep Show came back as a TV series, and you know things like that. So, so I think we're in a good spot for horror. We're we're in the age of '80s and '90s remakes at this moment, which man was kind of kicked off by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in the early 2000s, but no, like it didn't really follow it too well. I think that was the only good one, honestly. Like as far as remakes, the rest are just yeah. meh. I think everything's going. <laughs> direct to like youtube at this point for like smaller indie stuff there's a lot of good shorts Uh, you get a lot of they're they're all still festival movies but you know they wind up on youtube eventually and i i think this is where we live in the best age for discovery Uh, well also the best and worst age (laughs) there's also like longer weird form content like uh uh, arpgs like augmented reality role-playing games yep where people will set up like you know fake websites fake forms uh and then like fake uh you know, entire stories 
where like this guy, he had one where he was just, you know, a film guy and he was like, oh, I'm going to make a short, uh, scary film series. Uh, but like never break kayfabe, right? Like this yeah. is real. Yeah. And so like, he was like, yeah, what's this? And like, you know, he sets up like all this, like, you know, pseudo fake, you know, sci-fi equipment stuff for his films. And, uh, but he was like, yeah, people started like taking this shit way serious though. Like freaking out. Like <laughs> uh, he was getting like people like stalking him, like somebody like doxed up, like it got crazy real quick. Like, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird that you have to put like a disclaimer, like, Hey man, there's not actually a ghost haunting my house. <laughs> like, yeah, this is fake, bro. Like, this is for entertainment purposes only. But like, you're seeing a lot more of that stuff now, like on YouTube, where it's like not a short movie, but a longer form. Like, uh, a, a ser- there's the uh, yeah, there's the um, I can't remember what it was, but there's like a popular YouTube channel where they did uh, where they kind of broke into abandoned mental asylums or whatever. And there's a bit like Grave Encounters, the movie that came out. Grave Encounters went into, but like there was an actual YouTube channel that did that. They're like, let's 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 search this uh, haunted yeah. area. Then there's like hobos living in there, or whatever, and and you know it could have been scripted, whatever. But that's kind of like the basis for a lot of that. So you're right, you're right. Um, so like I said, we live in an era of you of amazingly easy distribution with terrible discovery <laughs> you know yeah because but but if you know how to game the system discovery is amazing um and that give, brings me it's, to it's a lot of work like it's a lot of competition yeah. like in the like i don't know we talk about this every once in a while there's like 44 million like video game channels on yep. uh, youtube at any one time like competing for yep. eyeballs so it's yep. like uh if you're getting like a couple thousand hits like that's huge like <laughs> True, true. So that Stuff, brings man. me to uh, you know the topic at hand in the in this gaming podcast where we just spent the last twenty minutes talking about movies. Um, but film and gaming, th- th- like I said, two two sides of a coin in terms of entertainment. Film and gaming really are like cousins. You know, um, one one dealing with like an indie boon happened for gaming as well. You know, in the early in the early aughts, we had you know. Braid was super popular. That after that, it was just a flood of indie games that that just dominated. Um, yeah. So, but also one of the biggest things. And a happy Halloween to everyone who's watching this now. Hope you guys had a great, great Halloween weekend happy last week. Um, so, what I wanted to bring up spectacular special. Except the spooktaculars. Hold on, the spooktacular special. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna add like lightning to yeah, 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 yeah. Some it. bats or something. Like <laughs> you're not, you're not though. <laughs> you say it, but you won't. But uh, uh, you know, horror games, much like horror movies. If if you're making your first game, like typically indie devs start off with like a platformer of sorts. But yeah. the other popular one to start off with is dun, 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 horror. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you have like the Five Nights at Freddy's guy, right? I don't know if yeah. he's made anything else since Five Nights at Freddy's went. That's it. Big, dude, all right? you need is That's one it, right? one you banger, just, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep doing that. He just keeps remixing it. He's like, like oh, I five more nights. Like, like, what's funny is I don't find Five Nights at Freddy's. It's not my type of game, but I understand the cultural impact and the appeal of it because people like jump scares, right? Jump scares are probably the easiest. Like, people who watch horror movies go, oh, yeah, that's a cop-out. Like, that's not true horror. That's just you startling someone. I would argue yeah. that that jump scares are the equivalent of a theme park ride. 
Like you, you sure. go on a roller coaster for you know the you know the excite the the minutes or seconds of excitement. You know the, the feeling of weightlessness of for a second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's the same thing with with jump scare centric games like Five Nights at Freddy's. Getting and, them guts rearranged. Exactly, and if we if we look <laughs> into the short horror like indie media, do you remember in the early two thousands the big thing? The big meme to try and get people to do is click on like the long road video where it's just a car driving on a long road and then, a, and then like a monster face and a scream yeah, will happen ah, to scare people. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it's the same thing, man. You know why that got why it was so popular? Because it's a theme park attraction. It's people yeah. like people like that jolt. People like that feeling. And it's it's not only is it like a startling thing, but uh, you know, experiencing it with others is is fun this is why twitch works so well in halloween because you people like watching people's reaction to horror so yeah it's i mean it always works best in theaters right like if you're yes yes. you need like a group experience and i think like with games like i remember playing like the original resident evil this game gave me nightmares dude (laughs) like because i was trying to play by myself late at night i was like uh you know (laughs) my one of my favorite things uh Resident Evil 3, I was playing through it with my sister when we were kids, and uh, the nemesis could follow you through scenes. So yeah. he would he like burst through this this wall, and my sister and I, I remember us screaming, and the tank control's there, but we were holding run, but we had to like run around him <laughs> with the tank <laughs> controls. Uh, scariest thing ever. <laughs> so I remember that like clear as day. I remember the feeling, remember how fun it was. We both laughed at each other for screaming at it, you know? But you're, you're going on a story here. <laughs> oh, I, just Resident Evil, I feel it's like ruined many of people's life. It's like the yeah. deep psychological trauma. Uh, and then like years later, I saw the Resident Evil movie in theaters. Yeah. And that night I had a dream about Resident Evil again. The so, game or the movie itself? The movie uh, okay. where it was like, uh, you know, it was like the city had been shut down. And I was like trying to get out of it. And like somebody like dropped a nuke on the city while I was like in a chopper looking. I was like, it was wild. I was like, that was a wild dream. I can't believe it. <laughs> like, damn you, Resident Evil. You got me yet again. You got me again. <laughs> yep. Just when they, when I thought I was done with you. <laughs> yep. But, but yeah, you know, and Resident Evil is one of those things where the appeal is, Resident Evil is a B-movie. It's a B-movie game, right? Yeah. So when the movies come out, people are all like, this is a, it's a B-movie. Like, it's supposed to be campy yeah. as hell. And, and, you know, I'd argue that, you know, they could do things better and stay more akin to the games hopefully the live action series coming out or live action movies coming out will do that but uh i will say what you will about the i think they'll be at least watchable you know yeah i I heard like i've heard good things about like the blade series like blade uh the superhero had like a tv show series and i heard that's really good oh it's sticky fingers yeah yeah Yeah. i've never seen that because the same Blade, <laughs> it was like Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes. I'm like, fuck yep. that. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, kind of own so, that character. Yep, yep. Wesley Snipes was such a good choice for that role. Even if you look at the comics, I'm like, you're like, even if you had no idea who Wesley Snipes was and you saw Wesley Snipes later in life after reading a Blade comic, you're like, why'd they make that man into a comic book? That's just straight Wesley Snipes. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like that that one-to-one. So, um, you know, shout out to Mahershala Ali, who hopefully will do that character justice. Um, fantastic actor, but you're filling the shoes of a man who was basically born to play that role. <laughs> yeah, and like you know? I said, man, like, all I've heard is good things about it, but I've, yeah. same problem where I'm just like, eh, you know, a different time, but older, older man, and like Wesley Snipes is my blade at this point. But yeah, yeah. And again, true. I'm like not huge into like uh, scary movies and all this as well. Like it, it almost like uh, it's weird that they didn't make uh, 
what was that movie with the vampires versus the werewolves? Underworld. Yeah, yeah how come right. they never made an Underworld game, dude? You are 100% weird. right. Uh, the, the problem is a lot of the horror action games, you kind of have that of vampires versus werewolves, you know, in terms of different types of enemies, like hell, even, uh, you know, Resident Evil Village just did that, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, a little bit. So, you know, it, it's happened, but yeah, not underworld in, in a sense, but that was like towards the era where movie based tie-in games weren't really happening as much anymore. Yeah. So maybe that's the technology's. Why come far enough i wonder who somebody has the rights to it i bet somebody's like this is a billion dollar ip i settling for nothing less than right uh, and you have the leading lady that people would want to play in as a game in kate beckinsale right it's like yeah, you have so you like the, pay Laura, for those the Laura croft appeal though you know it's like it's like yeah. you know attractive woman you know protagonist fighting monsters super action set heavy set pieces like that 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 game makes itself at some point, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Know, I'm it's, sure it's, it's basically like, blood rain. <laughs> it's blood. Ra- it's licensed blood rain is what it would be. Without it would the be Nazis. weird because, like, I feel like we've seen this a lot with other games based on movies or franchises where they can't get the likeness rights to the the character of like that celebrity. So, so like, it's so always like Celine looking like fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's just not celine and it's like you can't be close it's a completely different character but yeah man yeah yeah it's weird could be there is licensing's a a tough egg what they could do is the the underworld prequel starring rona mitra rona mitra is not as expensive as uh, kate beckinsale so you could make the game based on her who they kind of look alike already so you know that could work that could work there it is there it is you someone, just get somebody else who that. looks like both of them. And, and the, the best part is the Underworld movies weren't very great, but they're pretty iconic in terms of, like, I'd say, like, marketing, right? It's probably had one of the better marketing campaigns, and it's a cool idea, but it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think it was just a lot of, it was all it was uh, flash, Evil no substance. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, we're not and saying like, these movies are good or that the game would be good. It's just surprising that that, that never was made. <laughs> It's also surprising that they made so many movies <laughs> based on this concept. Like even like Resident Evil movie, uh, when they brought that out, it was like a sleeper hit. Like they were not expecting that to like pop the way it did. And they're like, I guess we're going to make eight more of these or whatever they ended up doing. Yeah, and ongoing because there's the reboot series coming. <laughs> yeah. It felt yeah. like the second movie in there, I feel like was the apex of that series yes. for me. Yes. hundred percent agree. Um, not only that they brought Nemesis, but they were actually in the city. You know, I, I think, yeah. like, yeah, the mansion is pretty iconic, even though they spent most of the time in the hive. Um, but nothing beats like a full citywide zombie ma- zombie event, right? Yeah. So, so I, then, I completely agree. They messed up in the third one by going to like the desert, like Vegas. That was yes, weird. yes. It was like, oh yeah, now have it where you know. There's no possible way a zombie can sneak up on us. Here's here's the thing, and and everyone take stock in this right now. Uh, this is this is some free advice. Whether you're making a movie, whether you're making a video game, for the love of God, avoid desert landscapes. It is so boring. <laughs> it is so boring to have desert it's landscapes. Like, we just you talked have... about dude for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was uh, also I mean, kind of th- there's exceptions to the rule, right? Like Dune, Mad Max. Uh, you're not Dune. You're not Mad also Max very for the little <laughs> bit of the Dune movie was in the desert. Like it's yeah, yeah. all. It's just like they used it more as like a scenic backdrop than anything right, to break right. up uh, moments of tension. 
right? You're not Prince of Persia. You know, like the, yeah. the, the, I'll say those are the exceptions. You know, well, also um, like in the, in those cases too, the environment becomes the enemy, right? Like in Dune, like you have like those giant sa- sandworms that are coming up. True. So like, yeah. True. So like the tension comes from like the environment could kill you at any moment in a desert type of thing. Yeah. Whereas if your main you know monsters like a zombie, you don't want to be worried about sand. <laughs> <laughs> Sand. This is the whole thing of the episode, man. Sand. It's coarse, yeah. irritating. It's everywhere. <laughs> fucking hate it. This is um, just yep. I'd say, like in gaming too. Like we had, we lived through the Xbox 360, PS3 era where everything was brown. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I. The last thing I want to see is a desert environment. Uncharted Three. A lot of it was set in like a brown landscape. Like Uncharted Three was good, but I got like good I news for two, you, but. Uh, I think a lot of things are going to be sand-based uh, coming up, at least in the next two, three years, for video because games. Of, uh, because of new particle effects? Yeah, and Unreal, yeah. the Unreal yeah. Engine. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, they're... yeah, we could just drop these Quixel Megascan uh, environment packs that you get for free, and everyone has, will be like, oh, this looks free, great. It has free deformation, right? To, right? Yeah. So you can, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's all right uh but yeah if you can uh lush green environments look way better than barren sand environments i get from an aesthetic point of view like why you would use it at certain scenes like you know sonic had their sand levels as well um you know so did mario everyone does but to center a game around it you better be creative as fuck to avoid the pitfalls of all brown all the time so but um you know with with again with horror you know, you have, you know, let's say cheaper to produce, you get a visceral feel, and it's probably the type of game outside of a comedy game where you can go viral pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, the big the big uh, Twitch game was Phasmophobia, one developer game. Um, props, up, props off to that guy because he worked his ass off on continuing updating this game, and it's still popular to this day. Looking on Twitch right now in the month of October, Phasmophobia is one of the top played games for a good reason. You know, it's the the guy kept at it, and you know had VR. It's it's great. Is Among Us a horror game? No, but I could I, I could ar- I could see you argue for it. Okay. Um. The social social uh, engineering type games like that, I could see horror involved, but the graphical presentation, no one's. It's never going to stick with you. Is is the difference? I, I I I would argue that because for I believe a true horror game, you have to be afraid or worried to go to continue further. You know, like not yeah. for just the if the next boss will be difficult, but because well, it's kind of like the uh, the room in the room, the end know. of uh, the thing or whatever with the yes, where they're out in the middle of the out in the Arctic and like he's like, uh, you know, is this guy sure is, yeah. the monster or not? Yeah, yep. it's kind of that. Yep, yep. It it is. It is. That's why I I could see your body the snatchers. I uh, could see the argument, but horror film where it's like you know the. It's taking over people's bodies. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I could see so it's been a trope. but no, no, <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, yeah, that is. It is definitely a trope. Um, I would say that one thing that we could do as game developers that hasn't hasn't been done in some time, not since the '90s, I'd say, and there's an attempt in the early 2000s. 
opening up horror to all ages as well because you create a bevy of fans that will go to your more hardcore stuff as they age um back in back when we were growing up we had a little game called zombies ate my neighbors what well, it's yeah. definite horror environment definitely like 50s style horror um in a you know 90s world but uh you know you had the crazy killer in a hockey mask you had you know ghouls you had you know werewolves uh, you know frank science monster things like that and then you had like weird stuff like the aliens coming down and a giant baby <laughs> that was a boss yeah. that was amazing like i i would love to see creativity like that in this day yeah. and age there's when we had like the thing the closest i can think of is like costume quest was like the only other yeah uh more like all ages style uh game when i was like you know all the monsters and you're trick-or-treating you got different costumes and you got different yep. powers Yep, from yep. from the costumes or what, but yeah, man, it's it's uh, open concept. It's fertile ground. It's not a, yeah. a ton of competition yeah, so, there. So I would say to make a horror game, you don't need to you know set your contrast to low, set the gamut to low, and and uh, get some free soundtracks of of things that just go bump in the night. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't need to do that. You you can set it in an environment of that but you can also have fun with it not everything needs to be this visceral bloody mess which you know I'm, I'm like in terms of horror movies i'm a gore hound so i would love it but you know i think that that the next thing that'll hit big won't be super gory you know i don't think it'll be like super scary i think it will be this fun uh like kind of all-inclusive style horror game it'll definitely have a multiplayer component i'm sure um, i mean there's been like three or four games that have been like shocking just for the shock value type of thing it's like the game where like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah those uh those guys so it, and like i don't know how well they do they, they seem okay at drumming up like you know uh the clickbait articles or whatever like our video games going too far but like uh it's like you said like it, it doesn't really stick with you afterwards right or it's like oh that was kind of it was like uh, those like old fun houses where it's like you you know, if they threw slime on you <laughs> instead of like you know, yeah. trying to scare you, you're like, oh, this is kind of gross. But all right, I'm just gonna go, you know, wash this shit off me. <laughs> yeah, right. Never touch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, those games, they have their place. They definitely do. Um, and I think it's the Gallagher the... Of, yeah, yeah. Of, of the horror genre, where they're just definitely. smashing a watermelon in on the first row. Where where they fail is the actual gameplay of it, because a lot of them go for shock over gameplay. Like, yeah. Agony had so much potential, but the actual gameplay was boring. I couldn't even get to the point where I was, you know, feeling uneasy or scared or anything like that, because I was so bored. <laughs> with Agony. Yeah. Uh, it's, it remains incomplete in my in my steam library you know uh succubus i haven't tried you know i've 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 tried it a bit it's okay um it has definitely has more gameplay than agony but uh, a lot of it's just shocking for shock's sake at at that point too um when you said it reminds me of uh the first doom remake that they did where it was like everything's dark and you can like have your flashlight out or your gun out and you're like that was was actually yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh and that was I had the same problem with that where I was like, I was so bored. I was like, I immediately went and got the mod where the uh, duct tape. To the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. duct tape mod. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous, dude. I can't not shoot things I can't see. But like, it's all there to add atmosphere or whatever. But like, 
I don't know. Like I was just so bored. I was like, this isn't scary. It's just frustrating. Cause I can't see where I'm going. <laughs> uh, doom three stands as a like shift. And it's because, uh, it betrays what Doom 1 and 2 were, but they were navigating in a new era where Doom style, like OG Doom style gameplay wasn't in vogue. So they yeah, had and like Carmack something. had just left, I think, at that point. No, he, that, that was, he was, that was still his there. fair he was wear, his swan song. Uh, Rage was his swan song. So he was still yeah. there. He was still there. Um, he was out to work on VR. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. That was about 10 years later. So, was, uh, you know, it's in that, it's in that <laughs> pocket, dude. He started getting interested. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so when Doom came out, Doom three came out. Uh, Doom one and two were considered graphical, just icons, right? After Doom, uh, Carmack created the Quake engine, which was considered a graphical leap. Doom three yeah. um, was also considered another graphical leap. Um, definitely from a lighting engine, um, it gave birth to the idea of mega texturing, and then enemy territory Quake Wars just went ran with it um and rage was like its final form uh but carmack at that point realized he's always been more interested in making engines than making a game the fact that that doom one two quake one two three hit big was just a a happy accident at a certain point because it was because they're so limited by the technology of their time yeah, like Doom was supposed to be like an RPG. It started off as that, and then they yeah, well, they did make it, an RPG though. Yeah, it's, they're like this is a. It was based off like D and D. They're like, all right, so basically, like there's planes, there's different realms, and like this is like the hell realm, and like you have to go yep. fight your way through this. Like, uh, and you're gonna be a wizard, or and then they're like, all right, we can't really do that, so we're just gonna give them a gun. <laughs> yep, if it became fast paced shooter that set the yeah. standard for an entire genre. Um, so I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that they're bad at it but um you know that definitely time and place and gaming sensibilities just lined up with with the uh, zeitgeist <laughs> yeah um doom 3 came out and doom 3 did very well it, it really did um but it was not a typical doom game so when the doom 2016 remake came out and a reboot and uh doom eternal that was what Doom 3 should have been a fast-paced balls to the wall just horror themed just shooting shit all the time um yeah. i i'd say doom is still in the horror you know f- spectrum but it's not a horror game right yeah. uh, doom 3 d- uh like doom the original doom had some definite horror moments like th- it was yeah. scary at times but that was not the focus of the game the focus of the game yeah. was you could run as fast as you, as hell as you were. <laughs> yeah so and they realized that like the the new guys who are working on the new the current doom franchise realized what the original doom was where Carmack himself did not when he went out to make doom 3 he made this great lighting engine this great like like perfect the mega model. Text- yeah yeah um it's he, over he was like, a million a... pixels yeah he was like let's, let's make this looks like this is the scariest game of all time what made doom great was not because it was super scary what made doom great was because it was very fun and visceral and they forgot that they really did yeah. but from his design standpoint right he just came off of quake quake 3 the most like 
fast-paced like arena shooter that was super fun like of all time right so absolutely he wants to do he wanted to do a mouthwash after that right so i could see why they went to the horror aspect and i'm and i'm a fan of doom 3 i i liked it a lot um i that was the first computer i ever built was to run doom 3 my dad uh my dad to the limits yeah my dad sold cars at the time uh uh, doom 3 was coming out he's like he's like hey son uh we're gonna build a new computer to run this game at max settings and uh, we'll, we'll build it together so he's like I'm he doesn't doing know what he's saying I'm sell a bunch of cars <laughs> so he sold a bunch of cars uh and we built a computer together um so i think part of the reason why i liked doom 3 so much was like a, it was a cool bonding moment with my dad um yeah and i learned a lot about computers in general but also you know this like the game looked definitely looked beautiful for the time i would argue that it still looks good <laughs> yeah it looks really good and so, like the people keep modding it and adding like updates yep. to make it look even better still like yep. it's weird yep so there's uh, some, some mods for it's it to a make vr it. now so yeah yeah so there's, there's some mods to make it uh more in line with the original doom's ideas like there's like the i think it's ultra violence mod or something like that i, I could be misremembering but yeah i mean you know the game has its place and it introduced the cool ass theme that's still used today (laughs) i would say like a mid-tier step in between like a scary game and like one that's like more for a general audience would be the uh, left for dead series yes Yes. steam drop it was kind of around that same time uh where everyone kind of like was like how come they didn't do this more with like uh what doom was trying to do because they had like the uh, what they call like uh, closet monsters in the closet, where like yep. they, they would just yep. spawn in like a room, and you like go there, and you're like, "What's in here?" And you're like, "This is just a closet <laughs> that spawns monsters." Yep. Uh, and what Left for Dead did was they, I think they call it like the director engine, and director, like AI you, director, yeah, yeah, AI director, and they like have things spawn just around the corner or something like just you know to add and change the challenge based on like what you're doing how well you're doing in the game yeah Yeah. or how fast you're getting through the level yeah the ai director was a very neat idea that uh it's a great idea like uh vermin the vermintide series uses something very similar to it um i would argue that so back for blood came out you know made by the original creators of left for dead turtle rock studios who they left valve um Right before Left 4 Dead 2, actually. Left 4 Dead 2 was made by Valve themselves. Um, Left 4 Dead 1 was made by Turtle Rock. Uh, So they left Valve to work on Evolve. Um, Evolve obviously didn't do very well. Well, it sold well, but then it didn't have any staying power. It was a bad Uh, uh, concept from the jump because they were just like, we're going to make an eSport. And like a, a you never concept. set out to try and make an esport. Like that's <laughs> like you either you just focus on your game and like if an esport you know comes of it, then it comes that's of it. A, but like I think asymmetrical games in general are are tough, and that was like their whole setting. So I, I, there's we we can get into that in a different. Do you think it's honestly. just like yeah, flawed concept from the jump? I mean, I agree. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily esport, uh, but. Maybe that was marketing both, too. Both sides weren't fun. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of downtime. But uh, anyway, with so back Great, for blood. Co- good concept, flawed idea on how to execute. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, so was, yeah, back for blood just came out, right? It's basically Left for Dead Three. The uh, unique hook is you have these cards that turn into a roguelike as you're playing. Cool idea. Um, there's there's something missing in Back for Blood that Left for Dead had, and I think it's the likable characters. You know, like okay, I played the yeah. Back for Blood beta, I liked it, but 
I wasn't drawn to buy it. And the fact that it's on Game Pass, like, is it the one that it. they have like all the hipster characters in it? Sure, I don't think they're too much hipster. There's like one definite hipster guy, but the rest are okay. they're, they're like they even though it's the original developers, they feel like knockoff Left for Dead characters. You know, there's like no yeah. way around it. Um, well, they they're always trying to play into like that original like archetype of like the you know the the nerd the you know the the punk rock chick or whatever. It's kind of all goes back to Maniac Mansion. <laughs> like, if you remember Maniac Everything, Mansion, of like, course, of course, yeah, actually, like, it's you know. I would consider that yeah, like one of the have it at my house. There, OG a, horror games, Maniac Mansion. Yeah, Maniac Mansion was fantastic. Microwave a hamster in that game, dude. Like, terrifying. <laughs> uh, who was the was it was the main bad guy? Name it was like Doctor something or other. Doctor it was Ed, dude. No, no, like he had a, like the doctor. Ed knows his name. wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Day of the Tentacle was the sequel to that, which was also one of the best adventure games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, there's there's something off about Back for Blood. Um, maybe it's me. Maybe I just maybe I like the idea of a co op horde shooter like that, but I just am not motivated to play it. I don't know. Does anyone else have that? Do you, do you uh, did you like Left for Dead? Like we played through Left for Dead two together. Yeah, uh, like every couple, yeah, every couple <laughs> of years, like Left 4 Dead's like everyone because everyone just has it. So like, all right, everybody, let's play some Left 4 Dead. We'll play through it real quick. Uh, usually yeah. around this time of year, like around Halloween, like yeah, we usually yeah. hit up all the boys. And we're like, let's get four people. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it definitely has a place, but do you, like you have Game Pass, right? Yeah. Did you did you get the Back for Blood at all, or no? Not even interested. Yeah, I was not even interested. I don't know. It's like a it's just one of those games where you just need friends, I think, to yeah. enjoy it. But, like, I've always said, like, if you have, like, if you're playing games with friends, you're going to have fun no matter what game you're playing type of thing. True. We're all out playing Valorant the other day, and, like, I was doing terrible, and we're all doing bad, and we're, like, all just, like, you know, cussing up the comms, uh, talking mad smack to each other, and eventually we started winning. But, like, that was just know, that you. Was... <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly just me, honestly. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I... I think that Back for Blood, it's banking on nostalgia. Hey, I was getting frustrated, okay? I was <laughs> I was calling plays, and then people weren't doing them. And then they'd be like, well, I wanted to do this. And I was like, why didn't you say that, though? Like, I called this play, and then you like went out and did like the exact opposite of it. Uh, and then like I'm like, we're literally here in the same comms. Like, just tell me what you're going to do. Like, so I'm not expecting like follow-up, because I will play differently if I'm like, if I'm like, everybody let's rush a and like i'm the only one with one other person charging an a and the other two people are like oh yeah we went around to flank uh and like why didn't you say that though <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> to be the end game leader you got to watch the map and your teams to to not follow your plan that's <laughs> yeah, just expect to everyone to like li- disregard your orders and do whatever they feel like i guess that's how we're working now as a that, squad that that is something you always have to have in the back of your mind you got to have your own plan b everybody's you be, a wild you gotta be card like Hannibal from the a team dude you gotta always have a plan <laughs> everybody's the wild card on the squad everyone's like yeah i'm gonna do exactly whatever i want this round and i'm like why even have comms then uh for those who watch my stream uh his name 
the wild card's name is Intoxicated Fable. He uh, never goes with the plan, never does, never goes anywhere with the team. Um, I actually plan around him, um, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I think I said before, I found myself becoming the in-game leader more and more. And I plan around Fable not following the team. I'm like, he's going to lurk over here, do something else, and we're going to go here. <laughs> this will, we'll, we'll this wait will for work him to out. Rotate. Yeah, it, it's getting better and better. <laughs> but uh, back to yeah. the horror stuff. I, I think I think Back for Blood is of its it's it's a game made that's made in the it's made currently but it's plays like a mid 2000s game you know there's definitely some some improvements on the left for dead formula um i think the gunplay feels much better than left for dead ever did um, is four people not enough for a squad do you think for like a horror game no it's it's i think it's more than enough i i think that to keep the horror aspect four is the hard limit i mean there must have been like research or something right where like every game's like are right, we're doing three players or four man squads some some uh, horror game like the, the obscure series that's where they cap it is three obscure one and two cap at three yeah. um the resident evil outbreak series i believe cap at four or five something like that but they have tank controls you know like do things become inherently less scary when like the group gets to a big enough size yes because you have other people to to lean on but what's what's great is some of those games the games that do it well when you have more size you have to split the group up it's it's yeah. just required because you're not going to be scared as you when you have eight eight buddies with you you're going to be scared if you have it's just if it's just you or if it's one or one or the you know like a few of you you know where you don't have you don't have the firepower to just blast your way out so know? i've been thinking about this more and more as i was like uh Working on making that Bomberman demo, uh, yeah. where like with online gameplay, and like I was having like syncing issues when I was trying to like learn how to do that, and I was like, how come more games don't do this, like to their advantage, where you can have things happening on like player A's side that aren't happening on player B's side at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why there aren't really good horror games that do that? Uh, where it's the like Dark Pictures series is doing that. Man of Medan, uh, Little Hope, uh, House of Ashes, they do that. Yeah, where it's like it's like different synchronized things. Where it's yep. like, hey, go hit the switch over there by B, and they're like, there's no switch over here, and you're like, dude, it's right there, and then like they go like stand there or something, and like you know something happens. Yep, yep, it's something basically what you're saying so someone is doing it it's just yeah, not nice. as widespread as you'd think uh, yeah it just seems like a no-brainer like it just seems like the obvious low-hanging fruit of like <laughs> this opens up so many possibilities for like uh exploring game like teamwork everything uh yeah. you know it's, it's weird yeah yeah uh, like different maps for people like if you like open up your inventory and look at a map it's different from my map that i look at and then, like, maybe you could, like, drop inventory and, like, you know, swap. And then, like, it is different. You're like, what? The, what is this? You know, like. Uh, phasmophobia. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. <laughs> just to go play phasmophobia. Yeah, that's that's one of the <laughs> things where I, I'm so impressed by, like I said earlier in the pod, that uh, one developer, dude, the dude really nailed yeah. down co-op horror he really did uh, you know my only gripe is is uh i'm a person who wants combat in my games and not every game needs combat and not that i and i've definitely enjoyed games without it but um in a horror sense i'd like to fight back at the ghost or I'd like to like capture the ghost or something like a ghostbuster style thing or you know something to be where i could feel like skill like physical skilled play 
wins out you know like okay. like uh outthinking the I ghost feel... and like escaping is it's a thing and people love that that's it's just for me i i need something are people leaning too much on the tropes of uh cell phone and flashlights yeah yeah i feel like there's... every horror game there was like a time uh like about seven years ago eight years ago where every game like you had a cell phone uh for the horror genre and you maybe had to take a picture or something or you had a flashlight and that was it they're like in our games you don't use weapons you just have a flashlight or you yeah. just have a cell phone and i'm like bro uh, that sounds like outlast not- amnesia no combat just lighting yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there was like a little bit of a, a time frame there where there's a bunch of games that were just leaning on that blair witch game as well yeah yeah <laughs> like you're right you're right so um just i, I think this the point of this episode is just kind of i'm reandering around you know horror games i think to evolve the genre and help it move forward uh you know th- i said get rid of cell to, phones but... <laughs> get rid of flashlights in your horror game no i think at uh, some point you need it because darkness especially nah. works for horror uh which you just have to walk around in a pitch black room without anything to see <laughs> like yeah i would I, I don't know i would use like some of that like uh asynchronous stuff i was talking about so like if yeah. you're playing with four players like maybe one person can see like a path that you're supposed to go one person's like uh, blacked out, like where they can't see yeah. anything. So it's like you have to lead a blind like person, or like maybe they see something completely different, uh, yeah. or it's like all walls, and like they have to like go through like walls and stuff that aren't there by somebody else leading them through like a map. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There, there, there's I think ways you're brainstorming your own perfect horror game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like mine would be more about like teamwork and cooperation, and then. Uh, messing with people's minds uh, about what's there, what's not, like uh, the nature of reality. Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. There you go. It's a (laughs) game, game, game. Uh, It messes with the player. Um, Like it, it, messes with like your input and stuff like that it's like all like scripted stuff in the game but it's supposed to make you the player insane so very yeah. effective very unique um so we're, we're we're nearing uh the wrap up portion here so let's let's end it this way <clears throat> i know you don't play many horror games chip and you've just kind of described your own personal horror game that you would play where it focuses yeah. on co-op I'm, I'm like a psychological type of thriller which there's uh, like the people in the space doing it are doing like the low level, uh, sure. surface level stuff because it's hard to do. In. Yeah, it very it, it really is. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, I, I'm you know, yes, yeah. So I don't play like a ton. Yeah, no. Let's 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 do it here. Um, favorite. Well, let's just end it here since it's you know Halloween just happened. Let's uh, end it just kind of focusing a little bit about ourselves. Favorite horror movie, favorite horror game, even though you haven't played a lot. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna go with. Let's see what is would it be a cop out if I just did Resident Evil One and Resident Evil nope. One? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all Not right, at all. that's to you. So the first Resident Evil movie, the first Resident Evil game. Yeah. Have you played the remake of Resident Evil One? No. Nah. Like the, oh, it's it's fantastic. It's it's available on everything. It, it's a good playthrough, especially if you played the first game. So you kind of already know what to expect, but it's amazing what Capcom do they have did. live action actors in the beginning? No. Then is it truly a remake, bro? <laughs> the voice, the voice acting's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, what about you, man? Favorite, uh, you know, horror film? Favorite horror game, bro? Favorite horror film is The Evil Dead, the original. Um, That's a good and, movie. Love it. Um, and favorite horror game. 
it's it changes all the time honestly uh, evil dead the game it's it's been resident evil 3 for the longest time that's always the one i always go back to and think but at this moment in time uh right now in 2021 my favorite horror game is alien isolation um you're walking you're you play as ellen ripley's daughter from you know the alien movies and you're being hunted by uh xenomorph on a on a ship who's constantly hunting you and you have to hide it's very effective uh you actually have some combat options so everything what these indie horror games are doing where you have to hide and stuff are present in this game but the fact that i can get yeah. a flamethrower and fight back uh just makes it that that much better because i have these ebbs and flows of being scared but then also being empowered to fight the fear like literally so yep. it works super well i really at some point i would love maybe it's it's hard to make a sequel to something like that where you're being stalked by something because why did the main character put themselves in that position you know uh, yeah so. i feel like that's another one like the alien franchise has had the same problem as the star Wars franchise where it's like you have the whole universe and it's like the same shit keeps happening to the same, like three people on the same, like two planets. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. So I think that the, we'll, we'll end it with that. Um, you know, like I said, hope everybody in the, in the listening or watching had a wonderful Halloween weekend. I hope you had a spooktacular Halloween. <laughs> we're, we're, mov- <laughs> we're moving forward to the next holidays. We're in the holiday season. We got big releases coming. Uh, we will be got, definitely uh, black Friday, black Friday. We will definitely, um, America's Thanksgiving day. Yep. celebrating the reunification of the north and the south after the civil war <laughs> what <laughs> it's what uh, it's about bro thanksgiving <laughs> yeah it was right. uh first thought of by abraham lincoln by a letter that was written into him to reunite the north and the south after uh the civil war unfortunately abraham lincoln was assassinated so congress passed the national day of reunification uh thereafter in honor of abraham lincoln to as a, as a day of remembrance to bring back together families after you know, one of the bloodiest wars in American history. Right, Americans killing right, other Americans. Right. This is definitely even total if, shift. Even, Let me- <laughs> I mean, kind of all, you know, stays in the uh, the genre of uh, horror films. Anyway, and, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to say that uh, we'll definitely be talking about new game releases and what, and what we're looking forward to, <laughs> what we recommend for your Black Friday purchases. But whatever, I guess we're going to talk about the United States Civil War history. I guess that's on the it's agenda. It's about Thanksgiving, bro. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, I'm Mr. Gimpy. That's Chipmunk. You guys have a a wonderful weekend, uh, and we will see you next week. Listen to us next week. Get 20,000 new friends. We're out. (laughs) Like, share, subscribe.